Okay, everybody, welcome to Stuff About Sales, special edition with two Jimmies. I have James Gibbs back from NCC Group. James has the distinguished honor of being the most downloaded Stuff About Sales podcast when he did his piece on outbound prospecting. James, welcome back. Thanks, Jimmy. Uh, much appreciated. Um, I think you want to say thank you to my mom for upping the views on that one and the large extended family. Um, I think they thought I was the next Joe Rogan temporarily. So it was uh, interesting to say the least, but really glad on the feedback. And, you know, that was really fun. And a few people from LinkedIn have reached out to me since and said they've taken on some points, particularly around cadence and timing of introductions on cold calls. Um, so, you know, hopefully can have a little bit of fun with this one today and um, Jimmy G and Jimmy T can come up with some good ideas. Yeah, well, let's do it. So I, I wanted you to come back on to talk a little bit about how sales has changed in the past year. The pandemic happened. We all know about it. A lot of salespeople have had to change their sales mode, motion, their cadence, things that they're doing, things that maybe made them successful for years and years and years. They had to change it on a dime. How has sales changed for you? Now, let, actually, let me back up and, and give a little. So reintroducing you, you are an account executive at NCC Group. You sell a product called Software Escrow, which is talking to enterprise organizations as well as lawyers and software vendors. And some of that work is done from an inside sales perspective, cold calling. That's why you're an expert at prospecting. The other half is attending conferences and getting in front of potential prospects, and that was put on hold for you. So how has how have things changed for you in the past year? Well, for a start, I'm talking to you in a pair of very old pink shorts right now that would definitely have not been office attire back in the old days. Um, you know, are you sure? Are you sure about that? I was I was in the office with you, and I think that was actually your office attire. Well, I, I think we all remember the famous day that that shorts were no longer a part of the. Uh, part of the, the uniform, for want of a better word. Um, and I certainly don't miss having to put a shirt and tie on um, for meetings and particular occasions. So I really don't miss that. Definitely don't miss ironing. Um, but from a sales perspective, more seriously, um, there's been a lot of change. I think most of that change has been positive. You had to, I think March last year, I think the first thing that anyone was probably doing was, you know, touching base with their existing pipeline, making sure that things were still in progress, things were still moving. There was perhaps, you know, no pandemic freeze, which I know a lot of businesses went into as they evaluated the impact. Um, and, and that time perhaps to actually focus and, and almost look at, you know, relationships with clients at that point, there was a bit of a kill and cure moment. So, you could be a bit more efficient in, in knowing who you were going to target for the next three to six months. So that in itself get, does give people an opportunity to refocus. You know, I think if you're if you're based in certain industries, then it might be a little bit more difficult. If you look at you know what happened to oil and gas in in March of last year, if you were dealing with that vertical and that was how your company was structured from a sales perspective you're obviously going to really struggle. So you're probably having to look at new avenues to make revenue within within that industry during that time. But similarly, if you are perhaps a sales rep who was 
based more on a regional territory and was not split down sort of industry verticals, you know, that was a perfect time to start perhaps switching and looking at, well, shall I start to speak with more tech companies in this area? You know, my traditional companies are going to be on a lower level of production for the next six months. So I think straight away there was an opportunity to evaluate who you're working with, what you're doing and whether it was worthwhile. Um, and more to the point, you mentioned I used to go on some conferences and, you know, I, don't, I'm, I would never slate the opportunity to go to a conference because, you know, I've, I've been to Boston, been to Ottawa, you know, some, some great places I've seen as a result of, you know, work trips. Um, but I do sometimes question the real value in those conference events. Um, you know, I think they're good for sort of brand reputation within certain certain markets. Um, but what I do think is that a lot of people there are not necessarily there to, to buy things. They might be looking for information. Um, what the intent you get when you engage with people at a conference is very different to how you can engage with someone through a cold call or even, you know, a cold email. Um, you've got two minutes to talk to someone at a conference. And the, the likely reason they're talking to you is because they've bumped into you, you've approached them, they're most likely in a rush to go to their next meeting or go to the, the next event that's on for the day. So those meetings with people are, for want of a better word, tend to be quite fleeting. All you're really going to get is a business card. You might not even get a reason for why you can hook them the next time you speak. Um, so I think straight away, my first point is that it's actually been more efficient as well to reach out to people directly. Um, if you get a bite on a cold email, email or a cold call, that to me is a buying signal. Me going to a conference and getting 40 business cards for 40 different firms and then trying to use one person within that business to leverage their influence and get me in touch with the right stakeholders is, I think, a, a long shot. And what I found has been really useful now is I'm able to present to, you know, if you look at, for example, attorney bases, um, I work with quite a lot of lawyers and I've been running a lot of educative presentations over the last year that I don't think would have had the same level of success if I'd been visiting them in person. Now, one of, one of those you know, main reasons is, as I mentioned before, geographies, not everyone will be sat in that office. Um, but two, it's far easier for people to log in and join a presentation remotely and continue to do work they may have to do on the side without being fully committed to the presentation. So for example, they might join my presentation while they're you know, writing some emails or catching up on their admin from the morning, whatever it may be. However, it's more likely that I get a greater a level of attendance and it only takes for one line of what I'm talking about or what any salesperson's talking about to stick home with someone and even if they weren't intending to actively listen you you might hear from them hear from them after An another thing that sounds really basic but when you go to a presentation with clients there's lots of people in the room you don't get the opportunity to get their names and their email addresses because 
you know, there might be 16 people there and, and you're stood at the front and you might get a couple of names, introductions to key people. Um, with, with presentations, you might have access to sort of 50 stakeholders and on that invite that they send out, all of those people are included. So immediately you've got, you know, warm, fresh data in order for you to go and use it and, and actually reach out to these people proactively after the pre presentation. So what, what percentage of people go to conferences just to party? Huh. Um, okay, here's why I ask. Let me, let me preface this question. I, I'm, I don't feel comfortable answering that question. If there's well, 100 I've people... Anybody, I've never met anybody that's, that says, oh, I'm going to this conference because I'm... It's gonna it's gonna be so enriching to my my professional career. They say, "Oh, I'm going to this conference. It's in Las Vegas. Here are the events I'm going to. And I'm doing this the following weekend." That's where I think I do agree with you. I do agree that there's a lot of people perhaps just looking to get away and see Vegas or or see what new cities hosting the expo for this year. Um, but there's definitely room for that human element and this idea of lots of people still being in a room, even in the new world. Um, I think for a few years, it will be less like that. Um, but I think we're creatures of habit. We quickly forget scenarios. You know, to, in May of last year, I could not have imagined going to a bar and drinking with people and talking and being a, being a foot away from someone. You know, now a year on, you know, we haven't seen each other in a year. You and I is a good example, but we, we were able to go to a bar a week ago and we had drinks and your family were there and loads of people were there. And, you know, obviously that's because of the vaccine progress and, and how fortunate we are to be to have access to that. But it's another example of how quickly things change. And I've, I can see it now. There are going to be a lot of companies that really want to get that FaceTime, go, go to these expos and you know, get people back into that mode of, sort of brand selling. Yeah, totally. Like, uh, I mean, just not speaking from experience because, um, you know, I, I, I love my wife and we get along great, but I can just see it. You've been in the house for a year with your wife and kids. They're getting on your nerves a little bit. You've, you know, a little, little bit of close contact in that house. Maybe, maybe your house is a little, little too small. Um, you know, go to a conference. And, and just to let you know, Jeremy, if um, you need any sort of marriage counseling, let me know. I'm, I'm always here for you, mate. So how did you do personally last year, sales-wise? Um, yeah, we're, without, um, you know, giving, giving anything sort of proprietary away, I think that, you know, I overachieved. I hit my quota, um, I think probably coming in about 111 off the top of my head from memory. Do you feel, um, do you feel guilty about that? Some people struggled last year. Um, do I feel guilty? Um, no, I feel because of the market that we're in, you know, ultimately as a, an assurance and cyber organization, um, focusing on sort of, you know, intellectual property management, um, a lot of the last year has made people rethink their business continuity plans and, and assess, um, you know, the impact of supply chain failure. You know, there's some real relevant examples of it in the news today. There's 
chip shortages that's affecting the whole EV industry. So yeah. there's, it, it has become more relevant. And also because there's perhaps, you know, let's say fractious geopolitical tensions as well. I was messing starting, with you. What, you're, this answer is so serious. It's true. Well, but it's true. I, with, so I, you want to just have a, do a podcast about geopolitical tensions and how that... <laughs> you get worried now. You get worried. And we're crossing the political spectrum. I don't know. Um, I don't know what we're doing right now. We're no, but, but what? Why? Why would I feel bad? Let's cut it and go back. Then why? Why should I feel bad? I was just kidding around. It was a joke. No, but I think it's a good. Good point. Well, why? Like you think you should feel? No, I was just kidding. I, I was being sarcastic because as in, like, I should have done more than one hundred and ten percent. No, be, no, like some people struggled, and you. I was setting you up. Like some people struggled, and you had a very successful year. Do you feel bad? Do you feel bad? Like, are you, are you ashamed of yourself? Am I for having a successful? Am I missing year? all my cues? What? Yeah, you, well. you didn't get you. It went over your head. You yeah, gave did. me a serious answer. You gave me an answer about, I don't know what that answer was. That was a long answer about the virtues of software escrow uh, during the pandemic and how that, I don't even know what you were talking about, geopolitical, what the fuck? I don't even know. So it's- so how it's many points have we actually done that are any good? How much have we actually done that's any good of this? Maybe that's zero the first Zero percent of this what? is pretty good. This is well, nothing good at all. So boring and dry. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I almost so wanted boring. to leave this in as the as the podcast. <laughs> this part. <laughs> Just like the disaster that was. I mean, this this is maybe a good point. Planning. Yeah, planning is planning is is a, is a great point. Definitely, definitely should have planned because um, obviously when you don't have anything prepared to speak about it's it's a little bit dry and you actually prepared last time yeah well i mean like we, we didn't really have a structure this one i sent you a few texts a week ago well i gotta tell you i gotta tell you so i gotta tell you i haven't done one of these in like i don't know three months or four months one of the first lessons that i learned is that you have to obviously plan you have to outline what you want to talk about because even if it sounds like you're not doing any planning you actually do need to plan and you can you know when you're having a fluid discussion it doesn't sound like it's planned but it's important and i forgot that i figured <laughs> what i thought I, I i'll tell you what i thought i thought that we were so charismatic that we were going to be able to get on in front of microphones and just talk, and it was going to be interesting, and that's definitely not the case. So hey, we, we my geopolitical to... point was dead serious. Like we could I do know, it you were being like you were being completely serious, and I don't, I don't even know where you were going with that. Like who, who do you think is going to listen to that and think that's <laughs> an interesting point that they want to hear about on a podcast? I don't know, not me. <laughs> Oh, next up, are we talking about anti-vaxxers? Um, <laughs> right, right after this message, we're going to talk about Donald Trump's 2024 run and whether or not the vaccine causes you to become magnetized. <laughs> and just before we do that, there's going to be a short interlude to listen to some Kid Rock. <laughs> 
And I'll, yeah. uh, my, my, my dog is scratching at the door and then he comes in and then he scratches at the door to leave. <laughs> all this dog does, this dog like hit, this dog hit 11 and all he does is shit in the house and scratch at the door to come in the office. I don't even know what to do anymore. What's he doing? Bless him. I'm ready. I'm ready for this dog to head over the rainbow bridge. <laughs> One in, one out. <laughs> I think it's time. If we're going to talk about how his sales changed, it needs to be a little bit more specific probably because I don't want to get into conferences and stuff. I think that's too specific. I want to get, I want to, or that's not specific enough. Like it is, but it's not the type of specific I want. I want specific, like how has your sales motion changed if at all during the pandemic, if it hasn't, it hasn't. But like for me, I think the one of the big takeaways from for me from the pandemic is my, the sales motion in terms of how we do video conferencing, because now we do video conferencing. It's a huge part of what we do. Like we put we, video on, we're using video and email. Sometimes we've had to rethink the, our email strategy, how we're re-engaging old opportunities. And we were never in the, we were never in front of customers really face to face, but we were in the office together and there was like a different mindset around how we absorb information from each other and, and everything that goes along with that. So not only from an internal meeting perspective, but also from an external meeting perspective, video is always on. Um, there's just a different expectation around what is a phone call? What is an email? What is a video call? Um, preparing for, okay, so if we have a sales engineer on a call, like we do pre-calls, we do post-calls. Everything has had to be buttoned up from that perspective because we don't see each other every day. Like I'm not sitting three rows down from our sales engineers. You know, we're all remote. So we've had to adapt from that perspective. And I think that's helped us be more organized. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that now people don't have that sort of passive secondary learning. They have planned sessions booked in with particular people that they need to talk to but then you still have the ability with microsoft teams to pick up the phone and you know call someone face to face and get 10 minutes of sort of dedicated time so i think you know from a learning perspective it can help people it can help um people get that dedicated commitment where they're maybe less afraid to ask stupid questions whereas when you're in a meeting with eight people and you might have a senior rep two juniors, one medium rep, and then a couple of sort of new starters. I've seen it happen in, in my, I remember doing it myself, being afraid to ask questions when I first started out because I didn't want to seem stupid. So Because you were sitting learning. next to somebody uh, who was very experienced and you didn't want to sound like an idiot. Yeah, literally. I mean, it it's a stupid, stupid thing that we have in our heads, but we all have that level of sort of imposter syndrome sometimes. So from, I think from a learning perspective, it can be really good because you, you can just drop someone a message and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. And I also think that because we're in a pandemic and because there are people of all ages going through different things and different problems, you know, you, you're homeschooling, well, not homeschooling, but you're parenting, right, while you're working. And, you know, unfortunately, she doesn't, 
understand your routine, your calendar, that's a, you know a problem for you. My problems are slightly different. They're more about you know perhaps being away from my family for an extended period of time, keeping motivated when it's only me in my apartment, things like that. But my my main point about that is that we're more collective. So people are more willing to look out for one another because ultimately I think everyone does miss that engagement a little bit. So, you know, more junior people will reach out to senior people. Senior people will be like, I want to help this person out. It's hard. The grind is a lot harder this year than it's been any other time because people are less inclined to buy things. Definitely. Yeah. You know, you know what? My, so my biggest takeaway from what you just said is and we might maybe we want to, you know, you should maybe write an essay on this. But um, maybe when I'm thinking about putting together my sales team, I need to think about senior reps, junior reps and medium reps. So maybe if you could elaborate on what on what what's a senior rep and a junior rep and, a, and what's a medium rep, I think that's the one I'm already least familiar with. Yeah, I mean the uh, the medium rep um, usually like thirty two waist tends to be, um, but no, I mean you know what I mean. I'm talking about sort of. You've got your outside sales reps that might have 10, 12 years experience in the same company. Then you have the people that have been there for three or four years, all the people that have been there for sort of eight, nine years, but but just keep doing the same numbers. You know, they're not going to set the world alight, but they're also a very solid, dependable employee. Yeah. And then you have the, the people that have just started and they have a lot of questions. There's a lot to get your head around, particularly with technology stacks. Um, and, you know, with that, that in mind... I think that people can, in an office environment, perhaps we always think that the best salesperson is going to be that loud, confident, you know, I think there's that, or at least there's that perception of what a salesperson is. Um, And some of the best salespeople I've seen are actually the ones that are very unassuming, very quiet, very inquisitive and very willing to sort of listen rather than just talk. Um, And those sort of, for want of a better word, like wallflower personalities in, in those group environments can, can be misunderstood and can be feel uncomfortable when they're up against perhaps more outwardly confident, loud individuals. Um, and that can lead to sort of learning gaps and people not getting a, a fair crack of the whip. That was actually very, really profound. I think I, I agree with that. So I think there is, there's a typical, sales profile that I don't know it's it's probably it's definitely old school it's definitely prototypical that is you need to be this outgoing loud person you need to be the life of the party the center of attention um that that is what typically constitutes makes a great salesperson but to your point I think that is actually not true um I think that is an annoying person from from my perspective most of the time not to say if they can't be a good salesperson but I think somebody who um Somebody who is um, a listener, um, obviously, is is, a, is an amazing sales trait. Somebody that's coachable and a wallflower, obviously, taking in their surroundings um, and analyzing or being able to being able to un- understand what other people are going through. I think is an amazing trait of a salesperson. And if my dog doesn't stop licking himself right behind me, I might I might club him. I, I honestly I might 
I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my this Yeti uh, cup that I have and smack him in, in the head because it's it's killing me, man. These, these dogs. Um, but no, that's a really good point. Like I think when you're, I I just think when you're, how much, how do I want to phrase this? How much of that bullshit is a performance? Like people want to be like, um, what's his face? Jordan Belfort, like Wolf of Wall Street guy. They think that's the best sales guy. But how much of that when you're in an office with other people is a performance? You're looking around and you want to be the guy that's or girl that's standing out and you're doing this this sales. Um, it's almost like you're you're a caricature of a salesperson. You know, I wonder how many let me, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. How many people do you think are actually like that? And how many people when they're at their house by themselves, like who talks on the phone like that, like in a room by themselves, like, you know what I'm saying? Like maybe, maybe that is part of like this whole, I don't know, this is getting like galaxy brain thinking, or maybe I'm just a fucking idiot and none of this makes sense. And this isn't, I think it's galaxy brain and it's not, but so, all right. No, let me, I get what you mean. You know what what you mean? I mean, I'm trying to first get the image of your dog performing fellatio out of uh, my my head on himself. But um, he literally is he literally it just lick licks himself. All, both of these dogs lick themselves all day. I mean, to be fair, it is like ninety degrees, so maybe maybe it's his way of cooling down. Um, I can't imagine it's too efficient or, or too hygienic. But did, all right, so wait, did, did you get? Did, fits a good did you get? I my do point, get the point about. The, a guy, or I, I picture a guy, women can be like this as well, but I picture it as a guy who is this like bellicose, like loud individual who has this, you know, these pushy sales tendencies, wants to be the life of the party. When you go to happy hour after work, he's, you know, telling jokes in the center of people or tries to. That person at their house, what does that look like? Well, I think, I think you raise an interesting point you know, talking about gender roles in, in sales. Um, if you talk about Jordan Belfort and, and that sort of Wall Street culture, we know, when you're describing it, you're describing perhaps more of a historical fact. In that industry at the time, women were massively underrepresented. Um, and what seemed to be the way about your business was being that brash well-dressed, pushy salesperson in the office. Um, you know, that being said, we're 40, it's, you know, 40, 40 odd years or whatever since then. Um, and I think that myself personally, the way I am, I'm still at home on the phone talking, walking around pacing. Um, the reason is it's just something I've always done. I think when you're, when you're in an, office and you start in quite a uh, for want of a better word sort of a call center environment where you're you're expected to make a lot of dials and prospect and one of the things was that when you were doing well on a call you'd stand up for two reasons one because it there was a level of excitement if you make 60 calls and you finally get someone that's willing to hear you out at 3 30 suddenly you're on your your toes and you think you're going to close a million dollar deal or whatever it might be um that's that's i think that's a good i think it's part of taking your job seriously um if you want to do well for me i feel best when i'm stood up on the phone talking and walking around because it it seems to work for me but you're not but i do get your point but you're not the like okay 
you're not that the person I'm describing is not really you. Like you are loud on the phone yeah. for sure. Like you're loud. You disturb other people next to you sometimes when you're in the office with them for sure. We both, you know, understand that, you know, that <clears throat> story for another time. No <laughs> At home, you also do that. So do you think that the personality that I'm describing acts like that at home when they're by themselves in their office? Or do you think it's an act that they put on? Like how many people, oh. how many, maybe we need to have a, a psychi psychiatrist or a psychologist on here. How many people do you think are born like that? Like how many people, how, how many people is it a performance for? And how many people are actually just born like that where they can't turn it off at, at their house? Oh, I mean, surely the majority of those people are divorced. So <laughs> well, they're definitely alone. Yeah, 100% alone at their house if they're like that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. They do, they do say, I know I shouldn't say this as we're both in sales, but they do say money can't buy happiness. Um, you know, ultimately, I think that there is a nepotism um in sales and that will always exist in big businesses where um part of the nepotism is how you look and come across um and we've still not got past that yet um there is this perception that if you are that old school image so yes. kids right now backwards hat t-shirt wristband looks like he maybe just Got back from Joshua Tree. I was going for a more sort of Blink-182 look, I think, but I'll, I'll okay. take that. Um, well, bearing in mind, I'm also in a sling, so dressing smart. But no, I, I completely do because I don't see any of my, my – I respond to my clients. So the, the way I look at it is, of course, you don't know what your client's going to wear when you get on a call. So, you know, you can't immediately see them and go, hang on, let me change and get a shirt. You, you know, you look like you work at a cannabis startup. It's a booming market. Maybe that's where I go next. Um, thank you for that, I, I guess. Um, you know, do I'm representing my company, so no comments. <laughs> um, but, um, so I think that you've completely thrown me off. I can't remember what my point was. So my point is that it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter as long as you are dressed and not showing any indecencies i am at my home what psychopath actually what kind of indecencies would you show you get on a phone with a customer and you what like you're accidentally <laughs> forgot to put a shirt on or something <laughs> yes so sorry guys I'm, I'm out of clothes i've had to use my string vest today hope that's okay for everyone um I managed to hide one out of two nipples. You forgot um, a couple cans of Modelo from the night before. <laughs> they accidentally sneaked yeah, into yeah. the picture. Oh, yeah. Rule 101. Don't make sure that your camera is facing a wall. No um, no, no. look at the kitchen or the living room. That's, that's a risky thing. Um, but I think your point about how people look and, you know, what people wear and it's become less important. What I don't know is whether when we go back into offices and the return to work, whether if I go to a meeting, am I going to feel that similar expectation that I did in 2019 to put on a blazer and make sure I look smart? Um, I expect I will because I think first impressions count. 
but also there's nothing wrong with you know wearing a t-shirt it's how most people meet and i think in the technology world even more so people aren't dressed like they're going to a wedding anymore i i agree i think that if you if you went on site to a customer i don't think you would feel comfortable wearing what you're wearing now and I, same with me same with a lot of people but I think what the what the, the pandemic and our time at home and our time on video calls and our time away from going on site has taught us and is is good. It's good for the it's good for the sales industry. It's good for us. <clears throat> These things matter less. We've realized it does not matter if you have a hat on. It doesn't matter if you have a T-shirt on. It doesn't matter if your shirt has a, a logo on it or something like that. What your appearance is obviously you don't want to look like a disheveled, like a disheveled crazy person. Um, but I think if you're being yourself, if you're dressing like you dress in, I don't know, what, what do you want to call it? Your personal life or something. I think that that now is being taken for, for granted. Like this is this, this is James. This is in, in his personal in. I don't know. I'm, I'm making it sound like we're in a fucking aquarium or something, but like that's you in your natural habitat, right? That's you, the person. You're not trying to be somebody you're not because you get up every day, you put your clothes on and you, you go about your day. I don't know. Just my thoughts on it. Yeah. Anyway, I want to, let's try to wrap up here uh, because just, you know, a couple, it's been about a half an hour. I don't know. Yeah, mate. I'm not sure like half of this content can go out. To it's be all honest. going so, out, buddy. It's all it's all heading out. So I don't know about that. You can't. Yeah. What, which part don't you want yeah. out? I don't know. The shit show of the first fifteen. No, no, minutes. that is not going out. The first fifteen minutes when you were talking about escrow in a geopolitical climate is not going out. But from after that, <laughs> everything on it's totally going out. Maybe I'll, you know, I'm maybe I'll, maybe I'll keep it just so people can listen to that. Well, it's good to see. Even we're still learning. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, know, you never stop learning. That's what they say. You never stop learning. Something like that. Well, apparently your dog stopped learning. He's finally passed out. I have that on my LinkedIn profile. Always learning. I thought, I thought you were going to say something else <laughs> in reference to the over the rainbow comment before. This one, yeah. Well, this <laughs> When you said passed out, you were going to say passed away, and I'm like, <laughs> just he just so passed away behind me, just just gone. He's just, he's gone. Maybe you're the psychopath. Poor yeah. guy. It's a good good ten years, friend. Um, well, Gibbs, <clears throat> it's been a pleasure. What can I say? What else? What else is there to say? Any parting words? Where where can where can people get in touch with you? Remind them. Hit me up on LinkedIn. Only place I, I do any of my sort of professional stuff. Um like to keep everything else very separate. Personal um, and professional inquiries through LinkedIn. I, I can't imagine there'll be too many personal inquiries. But but thank you for offering that, James. Okay. All right, man. Well, hey, it was good. it was <laughs> it was good doing it was great doing this. It was really fun. I enjoyed it. What a good shit Me show. Me too. Yeah, complete, complete shit show. All right, buddy. Okay, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed that, if you like the podcast, please subscribe. Please comment. Please leave a rating. It helps us out immensely. This is Stuff About Sales. I'm James Triano. Talk to you soon.